Today on CityCast Salt Lake, happy Friday. Our new lead producer, Emily Means, joins me to round up the week's news. And later, our new newsletter editor, Therina Ria, pops in to talk weekend events. It's Friday, July 15th, 2022. I'm Ali Vyartin. This is CityCast Salt Lake. Hey, Emily Means. Hey, Ali Vallarta. <laughs> I am super pumped to be here and very excited to be here in this official capacity for the Friday News Roundup. That's right. Last week you were here as a contributor. This week you're here as our new lead producer. And you and I are going to talk about some quick news hits this week. Basically, key stories, top things. If you didn't pick up a newspaper all week, we've got you. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to introduce our new newsletter writer, who it's possible a lot of you listening have been reading her newsletters all week. Her name is Terina Riyad. And she's going to give us like sort of a rundown of what's up this weekend events wise. And we're also going to get to know her a little bit better since she's now the voice of our inbox. Let's dive in here. I, of course, am obsessed with the injunction that we got on Utah's abortion ban. Right off the top, what does this mean? Most important information to convey. Abortion is still legal and safe in the state of Utah within 18 weeks of pregnancy. That is status quo for us, and that is currently the law of the land. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell everyone you know, because I think one of the things that happens that's just fallout from this being tied up in the courts is a lot of misinformation and moreover, like just a lot of confusing information because we're getting Mm -hmm. hit with news alerts about the legality of abortion across the country, across our state, across our county constantly. So that is like the key piece there. But I tuned into this WebEx hearing about the injunction and it was extremely interesting. And I think it really paved the way for what this fight is going to look like in the coming months. Basically, what happened in this hearing, here's the skinny, is Judge Andrew Stone said, we are all here, the state of Utah and Planned Parenthood and the ACLU on either side of the courtroom. We're here to determine whether Utah's all-out abortion ban has merit. And while we figure that out, we cannot allow it to be implemented because Planned Parenthood has successfully proven to me that if it is implemented before we assess its merit, we run the risk of doing irreparable harm to abortion patients in Utah. And if we determine that it does not have merit, then we can't turn back the clock and correct that. And so Mm -hmm. for that reason, we're going to return to status quo. I'm issuing an injunction on this ban. It cannot be implemented until we have determined its merit, the merit of the ban. This is basically going to go through his court. And then he said out loud, it's going to end up at the Utah State Supreme Court. In his, this is not the word for it, but it's the word I'm going to use in my super distilled retelling of this. It's in his like speech, his judge speech. He said three things that I thought were really interesting. The first is Planned Parenthood basically brought this case and they're throwing everything at the wall. They said there, we've identified seven infractions in Utah's constitution where this ban cannot hold. The judge said there are two of these that I see and I'm validating One is the idea that this abortion ban creates a separate class. People who are pregnant and are not able to make healthcare decisions are going to become basically second class citizens. This creates a separate class of people, which is 
disavowed, of course, in Utah's state constitution. The second is bodily autonomy is written into the Utah Constitution. And so that is a pretty clear one, according to the judge, where this comes into conflict. The most interesting thing he said, in my opinion, was the last, which is the last time Utah ratified the Constitution, it was 1972. Abortion was a hot topic in 1972. Why they chose then not to write it into the Constitution? Why now to revisit? Because there's been a political shift. That doesn't necessarily sit well with him. And he thinks it's worth that is like an important piece of the conversation. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack there, but we won't go super deep here today. But what the judge really did, which is interesting, is he basically kind of laid out where this is headed. Mm -hmm. And so for now, legal and safe. Like you said, he laid out where this is headed, and it's already clear from actions by state lawmakers. Um, We saw Republican Senator Dan McKay, who was the sponsor of the abortion ban, Mm -hmm. open a bill file to change the Constitution Mm -hmm. regarding rights relating to abortion. Just so people know, a bill file means that they're kind of like thinking about this idea. You know, it's on the drafting attorney's Hmm. uh, radar now. There is no language for this bill yet, but it looks like they're headed towards essentially banning abortion in the Utah state constitution. But to be clear, This doesn't just happen Mm willy-nilly. To amend the state constitution, both chambers in the legislature, both the House and the Senate, need to support it by a two-thirds vote. Mm -hmm. That's pretty big. Mm -hmm. But then after that, the majority of Utah voters have to support it. So there are lots of big hurdles there. But, um, you know, this is this is going to be an ongoing thing. This is something that they'll probably look at, be looking at in the 2023 general session. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Ratifying the Constitution, like you said, it's a difficult process. There's, you know, a reason we still haven't ratified the ERA here in Utah. It tends to be a real can of worms. But Legislators are certainly working ahead of what's happening in the court. They're watching closely and they're making plans. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. What else caught your eye this week, Emily? What's news? Um, One thing that I want to just briefly touch on, Salt Lake City Superintendent Timothy Gadsden was put on administrative leave. Yeah. And it appears the board has asked him to resign from his position, which he's only been in for about a year. Yeah. Um, there's... There's not a lot of information Mm -hmm. around this. Hmm. Um, But what we've seen is some speculation about racism. Uh, Superintendent Gadsden is black. So the NAACP is kind of keyed into that. And they have asked for an investigation into harassment and discrimination by the school board. Mm -hmm. Um, They say that this discrimination uh, has impacted black staff at the district, including the superintendent. Hmm. But... At the same time, there have been concerns that uh, accommodations haven't been given to disabled students under Superintendent Gadsden's tenure. Mm -hmm. So things are kind of messy and we don't have all the information yet. So this is definitely an ongoing story that we're going to have to have to pay attention to. Yeah, it is. And one of the things that I have noticed is the school board members themselves aren't necessarily being quiet. Like I saw a post from one of the school board members, Mohammed Bayed, and he was outright like, this is wrong and asking people to call and ask for a hearing. So 
we're getting different takes from all over the place, including actual members of the school board, as in the school board itself does not seem to have a united front on this issue. We'll see. Last thing this week, we got some certified election results. You've probably seen by now Dr. Jennifer Plum beat incumbent Senator Derek Kitchen for Senate District 9, which is quite a bit of Salt Lake City. And she won by 61 votes, which is 61 votes is really interesting and really close. And you can't, I think, talk about any of these Democratic primary elections without acknowledging how many Democrats registered as Republicans in order to vote for Becky Edwards. And so it's like, oh, man, if only we could see like the crosstabs of what it could have looked like if everyone participated in the race. I I truly have no personal speculation on what the implication would actually be. But it's been interesting because so many Democrats bowed out of their own primary this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that exact same thought. And this was a rematch. Uh, Jen Plum and Derek Kitchen ran against each other four years ago, right, for mm-hmm. this <laughs> for this Senate seat. Yeah. Actually, it's a different Senate seat now that we've redistricted. Yeah. And I think it was pretty close then as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Some political scientists will probably write, you know, a paper about the impact of Democrats switching their voter affiliation to Republican in this election. Mm -hmm. But it could just be like, you know, good old fashioned door knocking. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know, Allie. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like I'm reading political reporting and I'm like, is this my Us Weekly? I don't know. Uh, I could tell you with absolute seriousness, it's not because I actually do read Us Weekly. Um, There basically were two primaries that I would say were sort of on opposite ends of the political spectrum. So you've got Dr. Jennifer Plum and incumbent Senator Derek Kitchen, who are vying for the most progressive Senate seat in the state. I would yeah, argue. I think so. Um, and I mean, and this is, can we just kind of describe this district? This is kind of like yeah. Federal Heights, the avenues, mm-hmm. like the east bench of Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Um, probably stretches further west it than does. it has before. I'm not quite sure. It does. It stretches across Liberty Wells and parts of like northern Sugar House. Okay. And then over into the west side of like Ballpark into Glendale. Poplar Grove. Meanwhile, in the South County, we had a Republican primary race on the Salt Lake County Council, and it went a different way. And we're seeing that district swing quite a bit more conservative. And that's, of course, Steve DeBry's race. Exactly. And he's, um, what, like a third term council member. He was vying for Mm -hmm. a fourth term. Mm -hmm. He's a Republican, and it appears... A more conservative Republican will be replacing him on the council. There was no Democrat running in this race. So uh, Sheldon Stewart is the guy who beat Steve DeBry. Sheldon Stewart is the presumed new council member. Mm -hmm. And Republicans already have a majority on this council. So the question is really like, how much more conservative will this council get? We have Dave Alvord and Dee Theodore, who are fairly new to the council. Mm-hmm. And the way they discussed, you know, mask mandates and COVID, it was a really good indication of 
how radically conservative they are. Yeah. Um, especially when you compare them to someone like Amy Winder Newton, who is uh, like a pretty moderate Republican, or at least compared to, you know, the rest of the council. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it will be interesting to see how the political ideology of this council shifts. Yeah. The county council often gets like left out of a lot of political conversations because I think people forget that they're there. <laughs> Totally. Well, it's confusing. I mean, we've got a city council in Salt Lake City. We've got a county council. How do the two relate? Who's in charge of what? So, yeah, I will say here's my quick plug for the Salt Lake County Council. If you are annoyed that the pools are not open as late as they normally have been or the pool hours have been closed or there aren't as many pools open in Salt Lake County right now because it is ripping hot out and we have a lifeguard shortage. That's the Salt Lake County Council. That's a good example of an issue to take your um, to take issue with at the county council level because they're overseeing that right now. And I think it's an interesting it's interesting to see people engaging with the council around that issue because it's so tangible. It's like, yeah, we want the pool open. What's the deal? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a plug to be plugged into your local government <laughs> if you have time. Honestly. There are lots of ways to get involved. But, you know, they live stream their weekly council meetings. Mm-hmm. You can follow them on Facebook or comment at a meeting or, yep. you know, knock on someone's door. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Okay, let's end with a little bit of good news before we pivot to CityCast Salt Lake Friday Show Weekend Edition. The Salt Lake School District, to backtrack to them a little bit with some We've good come news. full circle. We've come full circle. Um, they're offering free transit passes to all of their students, all of their public school students. I think this is great. I think it's great, too. I love this. Gas prices are expensive. Mm-hmm. Cars are expensive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, think about how great this could be for our air quality. This is very exciting. Yep. I think it's amazing. There is nothing I feel like more iconic teenager than taking the bus somewhere. <laughs> cool kids ride the bus. <laughs> yeah. I remember being on the bus in my hometown, not necessarily the school bus. I'm talking like the get around town bus, the bus like bus. the bus bus. When my mom called me and was like, I just found marijuana in your purse. <laughs> And you were like, bus driver, please let's <laughs> bus dri- let's take a detour. <laughs> I was like, bus driver, <laughs> please don't move take me home. This bus. <laughs> the trick is, and this is always the trick, is getting people to ride it. Yep. Obviously, cost is a huge deterrent for people, and so I'm glad that they've checked this one off their to do list. Mm-hmm. But it also comes down to frequency for routes and um, you know where those routes go. Like if it's convenient for people to hop on the bus, mm-hmm. if it takes them where they need to go. So I think this will be a really cool pilot experiment. And yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, it leads to free fare transit forever. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the goal. Well, we saw the data from Free Fair February. Like they, it was they good. made it free, and it was good. The jumps were good. So mm-hmm. the program is like a three hundred eighty thousand dollar program, just under that. And I actually thought it would be more expensive. I'm kind of surprised that that's the cost, but I guess it is just the Salt Lake City district. Still, yeah, it's pretty affordable. All right, we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to invite our new newsletter writer, Terina Ria, to the show to join us and talk about what's on deck this weekend and her first week at CityCast. 
All right. Terina, Ria, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. I mean that both locally and directly and also broadly because you are our new newsletter writer. Yes, thank you. I am so geeked to be a part of this team and to be on the podcast today. We're thrilled that you're here. Tell us, for anyone who hasn't met you through the newsletter already this week, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I was born and raised here in Salt Lake City. I am a queer woman of color, so I spent a lot of time feeling out of place here. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was older that I found these pockets of community and the sense of belonging because of it. Um, so I really hope to like create that same space for the newsletter. I love it. A little bit of round robin here on your favorite Salt Lake City spots. What is something you wish people knew about Salt Lake City that they don't, or you think they might not? Okay, so I love a hot plate of loaded messy fries. Mm. And so I love taking people to Purgatory because they have K-pop fries, which is just covered in cheese, of course, yeah. and kimchi and pickled onions, and it is messy and good. I love that. Oh my that. God. Should we, should we head there after this maybe oh, and <laughs> for team building purposes? Oh, I would love that. <laughs> I do love that place. And their little patio at the side is so lovely in the summer. And I always love taking people to Gilgal Sculpture Garden for all of its oddities and Joseph Smith Sphinx. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, one of a kind. Gilgal is so weird. And it's really one of those things that you wouldn't know about unless you were actively looking for it. I mean, it's like literally hidden um, next yeah. to someone's house or something or like in a parking lot. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really neat. Finding it is half the journey. Yeah. Exactly. Like, the joy and adventure of Gilgal Gardens starts the moment you like just put the pin in on your map and have to get there. <laughs> like you're already in it. Oh, it's so fun. Okay. Last question. Do you have a favorite Salt Lake like picnic spot? Oh, I love the International Peace Gardens. Mm, I think mm -hmm. it is so sweet. And they just planted a bunch of flowers there recently for the season. So oh. everyone should head over there. Grab a friend. Loaded fries to go in the International yes. Peace Gardens. <laughs> That's an adventure. A proper the Salt perfect, Lake City adventure. <laughs> perfect summer evening. That really is it. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what's on deck for us this weekend, because it is summer, and summer weekends are magical in this city. We certainly do earn them by putting up with winter, although I have to acknowledge there are a lot of people that live in Salt Lake because they specifically love the winter and the snow, so I don't want to undermine their joy. But for me, at least personally, summer weekends are the best. You, Terina, have been doing some events roundups in the newsletter What's on deck this weekend? What do you advise? Summer in Salt Lakes really cannot be beat. Um, mm -hmm. There is a food truck showdown happening at Liberty Park on Saturday from 4 to 10. And it's for charity. The proceeds are going to 4th Street Clinic, Utah Community oh, Action, yeah. um, and Children's Center Utah. But they work with different charities um, with their different events. Got to check it out. Just a ton of different options and yeah I love that did either of you have tickets to see Rainbow Kitten Surprise last night I did not I did not um, but that's a great band name or the worst band name I'm not quite sure <laughs> <laughs> it could go either way 
Um, we woke up yesterday morning and had an email saying that the show was canceled because the lead singer, she was like, this tour is just, it's too much. It's too intense. We're canceling the rest of our dates in July and August. And thank you. And we're not rescheduling or postponing at this time, but maybe we'll see you again. <laughs> it was supposed to kick off the Twilight concert series weekend. Well, it was supposed to kick off the whole Twilight concert series. And then also, I think in some ways, like kick off this weekend in Salt Lake. Twilight is such a Salt Lake staple and so uh, it was a bummer for sure that the the kickoff got canceled. But I, I I agree. I couldn't imagine how jarring it would be to to be a virtual musician for how many years and then be you know have to jump into the deep end again with just crowds and crowds of people. Well, okay. The good news is is that there's more music options this weekend, right, Tarina? That's true. <laughs> There is. Medium Studio knows how to party, for mm. sure. It's like an a art studio space that have been throwing these really fun events. And they have an event coming up on Saturday called Jazz Night at Vice Gallery. And I am excited to go. Yes, I will see you there. I am also going. I already have a ticket, which I do recommend people buy. They are $20.00. And then $30 at the door. And one of the reasons I'm super excited is because, of course, many years ago, you used to be able to see Joshi Soul all <gasps> over this town. Mm -hmm. Total That's legend. True. Those nights at Alibi when they would the band would take over like the entire bar space and people would just be like crammed in corners dancing. Joshi Soul is so good. And Joshi Soul is going to be a part of the band that plays at Vice on Saturday night. So the return of Joshi Soul to Salt Lake is also just like a homecoming that I'm ready for. I'm so excited. Do you remember when Joshi Soul used to uh, go rollerblading around Salt Lake in like full 70s gear? Yes, I do. I think I think that that's Josh's um, just life now, you know, just like <laughs> rollerblades and wears very stylish um, paisley shirts or something. Yeah, I think and... at one point I saw him full fur coat Ugh. roller skating <laughs> roller around skating. Salt Lake. So, so good. Wow. So good. Okay, I have an event to plug. So Saturday night, if you are not in the mood to get down in a crowd, there is a star party at the Jordanelle Reservoir. It's a part of the Latino Conservation Week celebrations, which this week is sort of the capstone. If instead of uh, vibing in the, the backyard area of FICE, you would like to sit in a picnic chair or on a blanket and have like a guided star viewing experience, that party's for you. <laughs> the star party is for you. And that's at the Jordanelle. And that's like, I think they're getting started quite early. It's like 830. And then the sun will set and they're going to go into like 1030, 11 at night of stargazing and hanging out. So... That's a quiet time. That sounds magical. All right. That's a great weekend that we all have planned. Good for us. <laughs> if people want to learn more about the newsletter, how do they find you? They need to just to subscribe to our CityCast Salt Lake newsletter. Every day I'll have a, a roundup of Salt Lake events similar to, to what we just mentioned and more. And we're going to dig into these pockets of community and share it with all of you. 
And that's saltlake.citycast.fm. There's a subscribe button right at the top and that will get your email on the list. And if you aren't getting our newsletters, because I do feel like every time we talk about it, there's people out there that are like, I subscribed, I don't get it. Shoot us an email and we'll try and troubleshoot with you. It's saltlake.citycast.fm. Just send us an email. Emily Means, it was so great to chat news with you and spend today with you. We're thrilled that you are our new lead producer at CityCast Salt Lake. Terina it is wonderful reading your newsletter this week. I've loved it. I'm looking forward to reading more of it and having you on the team. And thank you both for spending this time with me. Thank you. So glad to be here. Thanks, Allie. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our producer is Nick Steffens. He is graciously sticking around to help out for a few weeks while our new lead producer, Emily Means, gets onboarded. Our second producer is Diane Majapinto. Our newsletter editor is Therina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Like we said, mosh it out.